0: You are listening to Keep Canada Weird, a weekly weird news roundup by the Nighttime Podcast.
1: Hello listeners, and welcome back to the weekly Keep Canada Weird discussion series. If you're new to this series, in Keep Canada Weird, my pal Aaron Airport and I seek out and explore the offbeat Canadian news stories from the past week. In tonight's episode, which we recorded on January 8th of 2023, just days before the one-year anniversary of this series, Aaron and I unpack a suitcase full of curious Canadian cases. We join the hunt for the Butter Tart Bandit of Windsor, Ontario. We investigate two stories of bad birds, we question the point of putting the fun back in funeral, and we weigh in on Tim Horton's weirdest customer requests. So let's get into it. Handsome Aaron Airport, our second show of 2023. The critics Mm -hmm. have spoke. The show's amazing. The Queen has spoke. We're doing a great job. Congratulations, bud.
2: Yeah, the Queen is all that matters. The listeners don't matter. The Queen matters.
1: Mm -hmm. Um, And I don't know if it's anything to do with the performance, our performance on the show, but uh, the Queen, Romana Digilo, she's been in Nova Scotia the last several weeks. I've gotten quite a few emails from listeners who reported seeing her um, convoy of RVs. I've even received a video of them setting up some kind of bizarre security system around what appears to be a vacant lot somewhere in rural Nova Scotia. Mm. So I don't know what she's up to and how it'll affect us, but it can only be a good thing.
2: Well, when she wants us to know, we'll know. Mm-hmm. We'll it'll know. be that kind of thing. Yeah. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm finally back to work tomorrow. Oh. That, so it's i've been back off to work. since right. you know for quite a while my holiday break was long mm-hmm. but so tomorrow's the big day back at the office and uh, i'm coming in guns a blazing yeah
1: it's great to get back and just the, Is it? back to the nine to five sit down at the desk and just get caught up at emails and
2: oh yeah i've got several hundred emails waiting for me <laughs> tomorrow i can't wait to spend uh, my entire day clicking through them
1: so my week is also special. I, uh, after a year and a half, maybe longer of procrastinating, I've bought a new TV and I've bought a massive one, It's 75 inches. Wow. Um, so that's like,
2: look at how far we have come on well, TVs, huh?
1: Yeah. Well, yeah, that's the, it's so true. Like though my last TV that I bought, I paid like you know made it like a mortgage payment on and it was a 40 inch TV which at the time was massive but my son was
2: absolutely
1: my son was watching it I don't know a month or two ago I think I told you about this and the thing basically exploded a huge bang weird sulfuric smell throughout my house it stopped working Uh, we're now replacing it with a 75 inch one and I cannot wait to watch my first uh, I don't even know what I'll watch lately I've been watching videos of this plumber in Australia on YouTube who cleans uh, people's drains so maybe i'll watch that wow. on a like, huge tv
2: well i still have my i haven't bought a new tv in god it's ha- since 2010 maybe okay. so the tv i still have it's a plasma tv from mm-hmm. 2010 or whatever year it was mm-hmm. and it's still kicking still looks great
1: Good. Yeah. They don't even make plasmas anymore. No, they
2: don't. But this is a 42-inch TV, which when I got it was massive. I was like, this is a big screen TV. I'm like in a movie theater watching this thing. Mm -hmm. Um,
1: If anyone hasn't stopped listening yet, it does talk about our old TVs. Uh, let's get on with the show. We got listener mail we got to jump into right away. Uh, this piece of listener mail I want to start the show with because A, we usually start the show with listener mail.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: B, they have an amazing accent, you'll see. C, they have a cool name. Their name is Kitty. Listen to this. Ooh.
4: Hi, Jordan and Aaron. I'm a big fan of the show. Following on from your Keep Canada Weird episode about the bad bear, I found a little article about another bad bear in Canada today that I thought I'd share with you. The title is Man Fends Off North Vancouver Black Bear with Coffee Mug. Speaking of alpha traits, a local took matters into his own hands when a bear became threatening. Chris Springstead was having a coffee near Mosquito Creek when he and the bear met eyes. The bear, quote, comes right at me. Like a purposeful walk. Springstead steeled himself, raised his arms, took aim, and let out a little roar. As the bear accelerated into a gallop, instinct took over. Who knew a china mug could be such a powerful weapon? Anyway, thanks for that, guy. Just thought I'd share that with you. On the lookout for more bad animals. If I find any, I will certainly be sharing them. Take care and Happy New Year.
2: That
1: is a voice and that is a storyteller. Where's her podcast?
2: Well, the way that article, she was reading from an article, right? Mm -hmm. You know, that article sounds like it's in the New Yorker or something, the way it's written. Like, normally it's.
1: Yeah, that's her voice. When you hear someone, I find. But it even figures... the words,
2: though the words are eloquent. You know, it's it's very well written. I
1: don't know. Uh, I think you're underestimating the power. I'm not trying of to take away.
2: From, listen, uh, you're making me mad right now, and <laughs> normally listener mail makes me mad, mm-hmm. and then every story after that okay. for the rest of the episode makes me mad. But you're making me mad right now. I'm not taking away from her beautiful accent. The way she read the article was was exceptional and pleasing to the ear. Mm-hmm. But also, I want to give props to whoever wrote the article because mm-hmm. it's very well written.
1: I'll be honest. I couldn't find that article. I tried to find it. I'm like, where did
2: she get that? Oh, you think she's a liar? You think she's making it up? She could be a creative be writer.
1: Uh, No, I don't think she's making it up. I think just Canadian news stories that end up in the... uh, I'm I'm assuming she's from the UK because her email address was was one of the ones I was even
2: thinking Ireland, but I don't
1: know. The email address ended with like .co.uk or something like that, which is like a common... Okay, and that
2: would indicate the UK.
1: Yeah, so I'm thinking UK, but I, I don't know where she got the article from. But either way, how cool is it that international listeners are giving us interesting Canadian stories. Canadian stories.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's working. It's pretty cool. It's working. Yeah. <laughs> if we can only get the international listeners to help us take down Tim Hortons, then mm-hmm. then mm-hmm. we'll truly be fulfilling our mission.
1: Then we'll have one. Uh, but either way, we got um, one victory in Kitty in the UK, mm-hmm. who is helping keep Canada weird. And we appreciate that and appreciate anyone who sends us in some voice messages. Um, But we got to get into the show tonight. we got a full slate, a full card of weird Canadian stories. We do. We're going to be talking about the Butter Tart Bandit, which is a big story. We're going to be putting the fun in Funeral Home. And we have two separate stories of bad birds. We have a bad pigeon and we have some bad turkeys. So two different breeds or races of bad birds, I guess. A group of turkeys and a singular pigeon
2: yeah yeah it's another avian episode
1: race isn't the right word when you're talking about different no it's not types of what would be the right word (laughs) like species two different species
2: of bad birds i'm not a scientist nor do i play one on a podcast (laughs)
1: Well, you're you're filling you got you're filling the boots
2: of a scientist with that. Uh, Scientists don't wear boots, so now we're already. Oh man, you're 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 filling the lab coat. Yeah, yeah, the (laughs) lab coat and the pocket protector of the of the scientist of the generic you know (laughs) beaker scientist.
1: To start this, I think we should jump right in to the story of the butter tart bandit in Windsor, Ontario. This one mm-hmm. is a doozy that seems to be the world um, trolling. Keep Canada weird. As this story was made for us, uh, let's start with let's start with this. I'm going to. Uh, we have a few ways we can go about this. Mm-hmm. Just go with I'm going to start go by you reading got. you the first news article because this is one of those stories that carry over a couple different articles for us to break down here's how the story first gets to the public the butter tart bandit bites te- the butter tart bandit takes a bite out of a downtown windsor business that's the article's headline mm-hmm. Vern Micheluck says his downtown windsor grocery store laverne's market has been broken into four times in the year and a half it's been open The latest break-in, happening shortly after 5 a.m. on December 20th, saw the thief get away with a surprisingly small haul. He literally took a container of butter tarts, Vern says. In security camera footage uploaded to the business's Facebook page, an unidentified person in a blue winter jacket can be seen tossing a heavy object at a pane of glass on the store's side door before crawling inside. Less than 15 seconds later, according to the video's timestamp, he leaves with a, he leaves with a box of baked goods in his hand. He says the owner says staff con, or sorry the police say staff contacted them, and filed a police report. But so far arrests have not been made. On-site cameras capture the thief returning to the store about twenty minutes after making off with the butter tarts. This time, going upstairs into a staff-only area of the store and approaching the office door before turning around and leaving once again. Making the best of this bad situation, Laverne's Grocer. Laverne's Grocery is offering something of a tongue-in-cheek promotion this weekend. Free butter tarts Saturday from 2 to 4 p.m. on Christmas Eve. No break-ins necessary. Mm-hmm. And then the owner is quoted as saying, Clearly, we have fabulous butter tarts. And that's quite obvious. At Laverne's, the broken window has already been replaced. And staff look forward to welcoming those who wish to try a butter tart on Saturday without smashing the window. Wow. So thief breaks a window probably worth you know 500 bucks if not more to steal what's probably 15 dollars worth of butter tarts
2: which yeah, aren't even well, that good well hold on a uh, good butter tart is very good mm. i really you know you're really pushing my buttons tonight <laughs> i have to say
1: i i think really good they're not when i say they're not good i do love butter tarts but i think they're not good uh enough, not good enough to risk you know getting a slap on the wrist by law enforcement for it's not that kind now, of truth.
2: i agree of course um now butter tarts to me if i'm pulling from my mental recall properly here are a canadian dessert like that's something that you don't see in america or maybe i'm wrong but... is
1: that a uniquely canadian thing how about you just i'm gonna look at look at that and you uh explain what they are what they uh, look like okay like. well
2: that's kind of hard to do i don't know a butter tart it's like it's it's like a small little pie i guess like mm-hmm. a, you know a handheld pie mm-hmm. um and there's like a you know usually they i think they would have like uh, walnuts in them sometimes yeah and there's kind of this buttery goo a over. buttery kind of kind of a goo in it um very good very sweet um yeah. something to have with tea around the table or mm-hmm. at a funeral
1: yeah, yeah um, or apparently eating probably in an alleyway in the middle of the night in Windsor after yeah. breaking into a store for them. Uh, here's how, how they're described in Wikipedia. by Wikipedia. A butter tart is a type of small pastry highly regarded in Canadian cuisine. The sweet mm. tart consists of a filling of butter, sugar, syrup, and egg based, uh, baked in a pastry shell until the filling is semi-solid with a crunchy top. The butter tart should not be confused with butter pie, a savory pie from England. Mm-hmm. Or with bread and butter pudding. Um They they're yummy treats, like you said, great with a the coffee. They sell them at, or they used to sell them at Tim Hortons.
2: Yeah, well, let's let's get into save, that later. But, save it. Sorry. Um You know, last week we had several stories about thieves stealing food, right? This is mm-hmm. a trend that's happening. I mean, stealing stealing food is, is something that's that's gone on since the dawn food. of time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, since food. So but lately, you know, we've noticed kind of trends as we've been doing this podcast for over a year now. When trends are happening, you can see it in the weird stories around Canada, right? Mm-hmm. So we're noticing now, this is two weeks in a row, that food related thefts are, are, have been occurring more frequently. Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: if you're looking at, at seeing um, the rising cost of food, as playing a part in this, I, I don't see it. Uh, this okay, person. Okay. Well, that
2: wasn't what I was going to okay. say.
1: If you were going there, that I would have stopped you because this. Yeah, person... you would have dead
2: in my tracks. Yeah, because
1: yeah, this person goes into a grocery store which sells all sorts of things mm-hmm. and leaves with a, a little tray of butter tarts. Um, what that...
2: time of day was did the break? This in is occur? the
1: middle of the night, five a.m.
2: Okay, perfect. This lines up exactly okay. with my theory.
1: So let's get your theory, and then we'll continue the story. What do, at this point? What do you think is happening?
2: With so I think with in this particular case, I think ever since the pandemic, right, mm-hmm. um, restaurants have had a hard time rebounding, especially with staff. So mm-hmm. you'll notice a lot of places don't have the same hours that they used to have. right? So when you're out downtown, whether you're at a bar, whether you're at a party or whatever, and you're walking home intoxicated... The main thing that you want to do is find some something to eat, right? Mm. So with restaurants being understaffed as they are uh, with shorter hours, they're not open late night as much anymore. Mm. So this individual, intoxicated, walking home, starving, nowhere to go to get something to eat, takes matters into their own hands. So when they realize when they go in there, they're like, what does a drunk person really want to eat? You know i'm gonna grab some butter tarts that sounds like the decision that a drunk person would make like oh yeah i'm gonna eat these butter tarts yeah, i'm taking these home with me wicked yeah you know so that's that's what i think happened
1: okay uh an interesting theory just some things that would go against that theory is no, nothing c- goes against it but he ahead. was in this he was in and out within 15 seconds that is like a targeted act where he breaks the door goes in grabs exactly what he wants and okay. leaves. And also, this—the uh, way you described it—it it seems like uh, a once-in-a-lifetime poor decision while drunk, or something. Only weeks later, it happens again. The Butter Tart Bandit strikes the same Windsor business, Laverne's Grocery. Listen to this article, and this will—this exp- this
5: will get us caught up almost to present day. All right. It happened just before Christmas, again last week, and early Wednesday morning, another smash and grab at a downtown Windsor grocer. The items that were stolen literally were nothing but butter tarts. $37 worth to be exact, $2,500 damage. Vern Misselchuck owns Laverne's Market. The grocery store has been open for 18 months, and Misselchuck says this is the sixth time a window has been smashed in. He's racked up nearly $20,000 in lost labor and repair costs. It's getting to a kind of a breaking point where it's it's no longer uh, acceptable and there, steps need to be taken and not just conversation. Windsor police are investigating and trying to locate a person of interest, but won't confirm if it's the same butter tart bandit as previous robberies. Misselchuck says the similarities in the window smashing style, clothing, and targeted treat are hard to ignore. And it's really, mocks the city, mocks, um, you know, obviously at the store. And, you know, it clearly looks as though it's the same person because butter tarts, again, we're back on the table. And it's gotta stop, it's gotta stop right now. New downtown councillor, Ronaldo Agostino has a stakeholder meeting tonight and a meeting with the mayor Thursday to discuss the issue. But I don't think it's gonna be one solution.
2: I don't think it's just mental health workers. I don't think it's just security. I think it's a combination of a few things.
5: Misselchuck says most small business owners would have thrown in the towel by now, He's willing to stick it out, but wants action. If I close the grocery store, yeah, that's just another negative setback for the city. He adds hiring a security guard is too costly. Bars on the windows is not the look he's after. At the suggestion of Agostino, Misselchuck is installing a special 3M shatterproof window. Agostino says it's one of many things he'd like to quickly bring to the council table, noting his colleagues will financially back good ideas to stop the vandalism.
1: They wanna see downtown flourish just like everybody else does. You know, downtown Windsor is the underdog of this city
0: and it's time for the underdog to step up and win.
2: My theory is getting beefed up now. Oh, Now that I've seen this, it's filled in some gaps, okay? So the first uh, theft of the butter tarts. So the individual is coming home intoxicated, nowhere to eat, nowhere to go. It's on their way home and it's like, I need something to eat. It's a grocery store. I'm gonna throw a rock through the window and I grab the first thing, right? So 15 seconds, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna grab the very first thing that I can get my hands on because they're nervous. First time you know, breaking into this grocery store. Mm. So the most accessible item is the butter tart. So they take the butter tart, they go home, they eat it. They're delicious. They were hammered. They loved it. It was awesome. They got away with it, even more awesome. So that brings us to, to this most recent update that you just played. So they're on the way home from the bar a different night you know whatever it was a few a few weeks later nothing is open they're starving and drunk mm-hmm. and they're like i got away with it last time the butter tarts were amazing i'm going in again <laughs> they smash it and they go right for the butter tarts and they take 36 dollars worth or whatever it was and mm-hmm. then they go home and they just enjoy them wow
1: You, I've heard of people being like, you know, I don't drink. I don't like the kind of person I am when I drink. I'm violent or angry or whatever. Make poor decisions. But imagine if the reason you don't like when you drink or that you avoid alcohol. It's like, I know I'm gonna end up in that store. I'm gonna I to end know up... I'm
2: going after those butter tarts. I can't <laughs> resist when I'm someone, ten beers in.
1: Someone offers you a drink and you're like, nope, I know where this sits. Yeah. I don't No, want I get on sip. the
2: rum and the butter tarts and then I wake up <laughs> covered in broken glass and gooey buttery goodness. So <laughs> my hands are sticky. I can't I so, can't do that again. I can't throw my life away.
1: I found this story. I've been following it closely. I went through Laverne's Grocery uh, Facebook site where they shared a lot of the video of the Butter Tart Bandit going in their business and walking around and stuff. And you get some really clear views of the guy's face. Uh, I was thinking there's no way in a small town like Windsor, someone someone can't recognize this guy. Um, And I I also thought about something that is a reoccurring conversation we have is the idea that like the hardest crimes to get to get away with seem to be the ones where you do something so outlandish and foolish that you end up all over the news this guy did it by stealing but if he had just taken chips and pop and uh, like cigarettes or something no one would care but if you just go in and take yeah, butter tarts. Well, I mean,
2: some people would care. But th- it's the butter tart thing that gives it the most coverage, right? Because yeah. it's so strange.
1: When I say no one cares, well, yeah, what I should say is the media is not going to amplify this, no, the business owner no. It store. might get
2: covered, you know, in the local newspaper, another break-in, you know, more hostess potato chips stolen or whatever. Yeah. But-
1: So the the business owner made an update on their Facebook page just recently saying like, you know, we hope they get this guy. We heard from someone. We believe we have his name. His initials are CT. CT, we're coming for you. It said like something along those lines. That wasn't verbatim, but that was ultimately the message. So I started to think like, oh man, like they are on to the butter tart bandit. When preparing for this episode just earlier today, I got some breaking news, and we can break it here live on air. I have
2: no idea what this is. I have let, not heard this breaking news. Let
1: me read the article. The suspect, It's this isn't an article, actually. This is a piece of a police um, press release. Yeah. The right. suspect, who is being referred to as the Butter Tart Bandit, has been arrested related to thefts at a downtown Windsor grocery store. Windsor Police have charged 47-year-old Leamington man Christopher Thomas with breaking into a business in the 100 block of University Avenue and stealing buttered tarts. Police say it's the second time in the last three weeks that they've arrested him for breaking into this location. Let's come back to that. The Butter Tart Bandit has been arrested 30 minutes ago. Total respect to the Windsor Police, the owner posted on Facebook. Laverne's Market will be giving out free f- butter tarts once again for the efforts of the Windsor Police. So butter, free butter charts are back on. But I think they got him. They got their man, which is also great news. But what surprised me is the it specifically says it's the second time in the last three weeks that they've arrested him. So maybe he was arrested in the December 20th break-in as well. And
2: Interesting. Like
1: the articles that we heard don't really mention that. No, they Based don't. Based on what I saw on Facebook... It didn't seem like the business owner was even aware of that, at least as far as I could tell. But maybe he was a, I don't know. It seems like it he seems was arrested like there's a twice. few
2: holes that we need to fill on this one.
1: Right. And that's why I'm putting out a plea to listeners of the podcast. If anyone knows the Butter Tart Bandit, alleged to be Christopher Thomas, a 47-year-old Leamington man, I would love to know more about him. I would especially love to have him on the show. I would yes. send him Butter Tarts by mail if we can talk to this guy.
2: I'm sure he's particular, though, about what kind of butter tarts he's eating. So you would have to talk to him about what kind of butter tarts he wants, where from.
1: Well, I think he made it perfectly clear what kind of butter tarts and where from <laughs> that he likes them.
2: So you would have to then contact that grocery store owner. the Verns, yeah. And say, can I buy some of your butter tarts and have them shipped to the Butter Tart Bandit so that I can have them on the show?
1: Okay. Well, I don't know how that That's all a go.
2: complicated conversation to have.
1: Yeah. Uh, maybe... Yeah, maybe let's, let's scratch that. I don't want to have him on the show anymore.
2: Yeah, well, well, let's see. You know, you made the call out. It's You can't take that back. Yeah, you're like right. I suppose you can edit it in the No, <laughs> it's completely version, live.
1: But... When people listen to the podcast, they're hearing us in real yeah. time, living in their earbuds. Mm-hmm. Um, but that, I, I guess at this point, that wraps it up. The Butter Tart Bandit, at least for now, is off of the streets. Laverne's Groceries seems to be saved. We'll see where this I have goes.
2: a feeling this isn't the last of the butter tart bandits.
1: Uh, it is left now in the hands of our justice and rehabilitation system to see if they can uh, prevent this man from getting out. If he was arrested twice, we we'll just stop him from being arrested for doing this a third time. If they, if he gets out, he's well, just going back there. Butter
2: tarts, yeah, butter stealing, butter tarts is—it's hard to go to jail for life for that, so. We'll have to see. Maybe the butter tart ended as priors. I don't know. There could be a lot of different <laughs> yeah, things honest. that could steer this in different directions. So we'll have to see how this plays out. But we need more information. I feel like we still don't have it all and we need boots on the ground. We need people to 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 call in and tell us what's what's really going on here. Maybe we should
1: send a carrier pigeon over there to check it out and report back. Which is the segue to our next story.
2: Which is the worst segue to our next story. <laughs> I agree with them. I'm
1: getting better. I'm getting better. You remember we talked a while ago about uh, the drones bringing drugs The drones drugs going into, into
2: the prisons, yeah.
1: I was shocked by that, that people were using drones. Me too. To bring drugs into prisons, but it does make sense to get it over the you know the fence and from a distance so the drug trafficker is safe. Well, it seems that drug traffickers who are interested in getting, in getting illegal drugs into Canadian prisons have resorted to old tricks. Uh, mm-hmm. Let me tell you about the pigeon wearing crystal meth like a little backpack that was caught inside a British Columbia prison yard. (laughs) Here's the article. And I love the headline, pigeon wearing crystal meth, quote unquote, like a backpack caught inside BC prison yard. (laughs)
2: Like a backpack, it's (laughs) it's important.
1: Yeah, here we go. Nearly a century ago, a prison, nearly a (laughs) cent. (laughs)
2: you You're on crystal meth.
1: (laughs) Nearly a century ago, a pigeon breeder approached federal customs officers with a bit of an odd problem. A pigeon he'd recently sold to a buyer in Mexico had flown back to his home in Texas with two aluminum capsules full of cocaine tied to its legs. After a brief investigation, officials announced their conclusion. Carrier pigeons smuggle drugs blared an all-caps newspaper headline on February 2, 1930. Drug-smuggling pigeons have persisted over the decades since, busted from North America to Europe and into Asia. But last week, for the first time in recent memory, one was captured in British Columbia. It was a routine day after the holidays at the Pacific Institution in Abbotsford, B.C. on December 29th. Officials were standing in one of the fenced-in inmate unit yards, which prisoners use regularly for hanging out, playing games, or getting fresh air. Then the officers noticed something strange, a gray bird with a small package on its back. From my understanding, it was tied to it in a similar fashion as a little backpack, a a prison spokesperson said. They had to corner it, and you can imagine how that would look, trying to catch a pigeon wearing a backpack. After a lengthy period of time, the officers apprehended the bird, removed its cargo, and set the pigeon free. The package contained about 30 grams of crystal meth which he described as a fairly substantial amount of the intensely addictive stimulant. Corrections Canada confirmed in an email it's investigating but would not provide further details. In recent years, correction officers have increasingly been on the lookout for drones dropping contraband into correctional facilities. Last month, one dropped a firearm into a mission, inst- into mission institution. Since the drone crackdown, the spokesperson suggested smugglers might be turning back to old-school methods, like pigeons or simple throwovers, where somebody outside lobs a package over the fence. We've been focusing so much on drone interdiction. Now I guess we have to look at pigeons again, said the spokesman, who hasn't heard of another live pigeon incident in BC in his 13 years of experience it's a bit of a reality check for us that the creativity that people are going to use to try to smuggle drugs and other contraband into the institution now it's one last point in speaking to how this can happen because that was a big question i have one expert said there are two plausible ways to use a pigeon to deliver drugs first someone could throw a freight a freighted like a, a mm-hmm. pigeon with cargo a freighted pigeon over the fence into the prison and secondly and this is very dedicated this plan an inmate could spend months training the bird from the inside to recognize the pri- the prison as its home someone would get the bird to the outside fasten its cargo and release it to return home to prison so that idea would be like you would while you're inside you would like raise this bird and then somehow sm- have someone like i don't know come and visit you and, or something and smuggle the bird out put crystal meth on it and then the bird would just fly home to you yeah. Kind of wild.
2: Seems like a lot of work. You know, it seems like uh, uh, it's got to be an easier way.
1: To get crystal meth into the prison? I don't know. Maybe but there's not. Maybe they make it pretty wild. difficult, I think.
2: <laughs> You're right. You're right. And I'm completely ignorant to the the trials and tribulations of, of trying to get methamphetamines into, into prison. But so... But i'm just thinking of of, of training a, a pigeon and the time and the patience and the everything that goes into that
1: all for i don't know what method would i would wor- think it would worth. be
2: easier to just try and maybe get off crystal meth
1: you would think eh like that stuff but maybe must not i
2: yeah as, i mean that's probably a very challenging thing to do in itself and and then there's money involved so maybe that's not the solution either I don't know how to help out these prisoners to find easier ways than they get crystal meth. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I don't know if that's your your job here, but I think uh, the See, idea... I'm of, not
2: sure who I'm supposed to sympathize with in this
1: story. That's the issue. Probably the pigeon. Either way, this poor pigeon's well, the life... Well, probably just happy to have a job. Maybe. Yeah, I guess... I guess it's not really hurting the pigeon other than the traumatic experience of being like cornered and grabbed by a bunch of prison guards while you're wearing a backpack of God knows what.
2: Well, here's the thing, though. I'm sure, and will I say 100% sure? I don't know, but I'd say 90% that the the prisoner who's training this pigeon bonds with it Mm -hmm. and, and develops a relationship with this pigeon. Training it. I mean, you have to. You're spending yeah. all this time yeah. working with this pigeon for months and months and months mm-hmm. to train it to be able to come back into the prison yard, consider you probably its mother or its father. Mm-hmm. And the the, the pigeon is, is taken away and then makes its way back because it considers you and the prison to be its home and its family. So I would say the, the pigeon is probably better off because now it's it, it has a sense of belonging and and, and caring yeah. and loving and from another
1: animal and it's definitely being. its life has meaning getting yes it was a, has a this mission that's brought it in and out of the walls of the penitentiary but when you when you really lay it all down and look at how complicated and how much effort and skill would need to go into this method of gritting crystal meth into a prison—it's—it's quite—it's fa- quite wild because it's like the bird even just coming in the yard. I don't know if that would be good enough to get, to, like, to complete the mission. I almost see this bird like fl- knowing how to flick like, fly up to the window or something uh, of the actual cell that this whoever it's delivering it to. I wonder if it's this is the first time they did it or if they've been getting away with this for years. I wonder that as well.
2: Yeah, I don't know. It's. Um,
1: it's something, in in what it is, is the first of two bad bird stories we have tonight. Mm-hmm. We won't jump right into the next one, though. We'll save it. Uh, we'll put a little room between the birds. Yeah, we like
2: to sandwich these things.
1: I think maybe we should stick funerals in here. I, I want to touch on this story because it's it's taking place in my city of Halifax, Um and it's it's interesting do you go to open mics i know that used to be a big thing where you would go to a bar and there'd be a stage where you can just kind of volunteer to go up and play a few tunes you used to host one i think didn't
2: you i've hosted a few of them over the years i've I've never liked participating in them because you're always picking up somebody else's guitar and the tuning is always an issue and it's not a guitar that maybe you enjoy playing and and that maybe this i don't know it's always seems a bit of a mishmash or a, a crapshoot but you and i remember like when you and i started playing together uh we had done a few open mics but then we swore never to do them again
1: i don't really remember doing one with i you.
2: remember you and i had that conversation where it was like the, the the instrument situation was never ideal so we had decided um not to do them again
1: okay i have absolutely no memory of that but it I don't like playing anyone else's guitars, um, no. so I can see that being something I would agree to. Yeah. And I definitely wouldn't want to bring mine and have other people playing And though.
2: then you're bringing yours, and, I oh, no, it sucks. Yeah. And you're playing two songs, and then that's it.
1: Usually, though, an open mic, any that I've ever been to, had been at like a bar or nightclub, people having drinks, uh, mm. open mic happens, whatever. In Halifax, they're trying something a little different. Here's what's going on.
5: Time right, now for keeping up. A monthly open mic night in Halifax puts the fun in funeral home, Katie?
0: Mm hmm. It's the world's only event of its kind, and people are dying to check it out. <laughs> Halifax musician Noah Tai is known for hosting open mic nights across the city, but one gig in particular really lifts spirits.
6: I wasn't quite sure if it was a joke or if it was for real, but. I am a curious person, so I had to email back.
0: The email came from Caroline McQuillan. She'd recently been hired as a family service counselor at Crookshanks Funeral Home. As soon as I walked through the chapel, um, you know the
6: acoustics kind of hit you as soon as you speak in there and I said to my boss I was like oh, I'm gonna host an open mic here and he had just met me and he was like oh, um, uh, well haha. <laughs> and I was like no, no, I'm serious I'm gonna host an open mic here and he gave me free reign to get it started. I sort of asked around to some musician friends and see what see what they thought and They're all pretty curious too. So we decided to go for it.
0: Where there's a will there's a way Crookshanks Unplugged was born.
4: I, never did
6: I think I had 25 people sign up to play the first month we ever did it. Um, and it's been kind of rolling that way ever since.
0: Happy New Year, Happy New Year. Hosting an open mic night at a funeral home does come with the obvious.
6: Jokes, just constant jokes, uh, which is fair. I, I get it. I. I've heard them all, I came up with a lot of them too. And there's a lot of puns associated, I have to stay above that because I work here. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, a lot of people think it's a joke and then once they um, came in and see it they really changed their mind. Every other time obviously you're in a funeral home You're not, uh, you're not having fun, you're not smiling necessarily so this is just a different way to see this space which is nice
0: the venue is reserved for open mic night so you don't need to worry about what you might see besides maybe a box of kleenex or two exactly
6: we leave them out just in case they're needed
0: crookshanks unplugged takes place the last wednesday of every month from 6 30 to 9 30. everyone is welcome ty says it's really earned its place on the open mic scene
6: because the music's fantastic because it's free because it's a cool thing going on in the West End that isn't happening anywhere else in the world. And guaranteed to be more fun than most funerals.
0: <laughs> guaranteed, for sure. How cool is it's that?
6: That's a really great idea.
1: The news broadcaster ends with, that's a really great idea. I, I don't know. I think I agree. I, I find there's a lot of spaces that you go in that just sound amazing, but you never get to hear live music in them. Um, I'm thinking of churches specifically. I went and saw Joel Plaskett, who's a famous performer here in Nova Scotia. I saw him play at a church, a small church, a couple years ago, and I remember like going to it. I was like, that's kind of weird to see like a like a rock band or something playing in this you know this big gaudy church. But it just sounded so amazing, and the seating was great, and it was just like a, a lot of spaces are kind of made for someone to be up on stage transmitting a message like a church is. Uh, I guess funeral homes have a little bit of that, but it's really hard to shake the vibe of a funeral home off you. I can I can handle a church and feel all right, funeral but I don't know. Funeral
2: home is different certainly different but i'm sure the yeah the acoustics are amazing etc but um an open mic though like i'd rather like a show show like bringing in some a performance say like like a a performance thing like an open mic to me like it's just the people playing playing to each other i don't know i don't know a lot of people that are going to be wanting to go and see an open mic
1: yeah, and, and the sounds not that important because it's usually not sounding great anyway because it's half the time it's borrowed equipment or right, people right. who aren't too comfortable singing into a microphone and whatnot. Because
2: um, I can't imagine like playing this thing, getting up and playing a couple of songs, and then sitting through the rest of it. Mm-hmm. Where like you have the odd person who's really good, but then you got to sit through eighty percent of it is just awful.
1: Yes, that's true. Uh, it, it it would be like an open mic night. It's not all that different from like karaoke night or something? And would you go to karaoke at a funeral home? I I don't think I would. I I think um, an open mic night, as well as a karaoke night, generally people are, you're there, maybe you may take your time to go up on stage, but usually you're at your table kind of socializing and talking to your friends. Mm -hmm. It's not like a show where, you know, Tom Petty's playing and you're like sitting down watching the stage. Right,
2: right. Like an open mic works so well in a pub or a bar because... You can have a drink, you can socialize, you can hang out and every now and then, you know, kind of keep an an ear on what's going on on stage. But um, to go and just see just an open mic, no alcohol, no socializing, really, other than just sitting quietly and listening. Mm -hmm. Now, as a performer, that's great. Like, I'd love to perform in a place like that because, yeah, everybody is very attentive and respectful and and you're not fighting against the noise of the crowd. Mm -hmm. But as an audience member to go to an open mic at At a funeral at a funeral home and just sit there and listen from beginning to end Mm. i would assume that most people sitting there are people who plan on getting up to play
1: Mm, yeah I,
2: i doubt that a high percentage of the audience is just general just gone members. there
1: to see the undiscovered
2: talent. In yeah, the yeah, I can't see home. that. Not in an open mic.
1: Uh, but I think it's good that they're getting some use out of the space in the evening. Like it's If you own a, a business or a building and you make money by having people come and go, um, it would be kind of hard to limit yourself to just people coming in the day. Open mic night would give you a reason to have people there in the evening. You could also have bingo night at this funeral home or karaoke night or ghost hunter night no I, I don't know i'd love to go in a basement of a funeral home with just some old electronics and just see if it freaks out or something Plugging in weird I things i in don't and know.
2: Stuff. at the end of the day like it's a funeral home i don't i don't really care what they do with it outside of mm. conducting funerals yeah
1: i just i'm not i'm not that comfortable i don't think i'd be that comfortable going in there and just chilling but good for them for mm. trying something different and doing yeah I don't,
2: I don't i don't you know i'm not i don't think shut it down i just think yeah, it sounds great, sure. But an open mic is like, ugh, gross.
1: <laughs> um, lukewarm reviews for open mic night at the funeral home from Keep Canada, weird staffers. Let's get back to the bad birds. I'm sick of this. <laughs> we talked about a pigeon who was... Is- importing drugs into a prison like it was a little backpack. Let me tell you about the turkeys that are wreaking havoc on a specific daycare in Montreal.
3: This is supposed to be a vibrant daycare playground filled with happy kids running around. Instead, it's filled with this poop, wild turkey poo. We have visitor, big turkey, five. Great big turkeys, bigger than most of the kids in the daycare, wandering around unbothered. At night, they found a home in this tree, and that's where they do their business. Every morning, it's a bag like this of poo of turkeys, and like you said, the children cannot touch that, and the children touch everything. The daycare has tried all manner of things to kick the turkeys out. They've spread wolf urine, they put up bright lights, they even installed this ultrasonic animal repellent. But these foul fowls keep coming back. This dad says they have claimed the playground as their territory, something his son doesn't like. Beyond the annoyance that comes from the, just the sheer amount of poo that they're leaving behind health-wise, things are pretty okay.
6: There could be health risks with any animal and with any contact with feces from any animal. But at least from what we've seen from turkeys in general, they typically don't carry a lot. There's a major concern for people.
3: Still, the daycare wants help. It went to the city who referred them to the Provincial Wildlife Ministry. They did that and the ministry referred them back to the city. Somebody to pick it, pick them up and put them far away from here. Because the problem is the poo. That's it. So we don't want turkey anymore.
2: Oh, i can't help but
1: i can't help but feel bad but i also
2: can't help but laugh at that situation yeah, yeah so these are wild turkeys so they just wandered in from nowhere
1: and and for whatever reason they decided to live like in the tree that's growing within the daycare playground so they're just pooping on the playground all night yeah yeah <laughs> and they're big Ooh. turkey when you look at the video they're of those turkeys, oh my god yeah when i think of like you know kids who are some kids in daycare who are like Three years old, and something, these turkeys would kick the crap out of them.
2: Yeah, they would. I mean, <laughs> I they probably kick the crap out of you and me too and somebody's been mm, taking no. the crap out of them and putting it all over the playground
1: yeah that's a mess and then the whole thing you know they call the city the city refers them to this place yeah that it's just place refers bounced around
2: now we don't want to deal with it so why, Try but, these people yeah and...
1: good luck getting the government to come deal with the turkeys living in the trees above your playground it's well, the
2: daycare <laughs> is private property right so yeah. it's pretty much probably up to the daycare to call To figure out pest control, yeah, some kind of a pest control situation, uh, some kind of a wildlife organization that will deal with this for them. It's kind of up to them. It's not like the city's going to be like, "Hey, like you know," when when I've had pest issues on my property with raccoons or whatever, I had to handle it myself. Mm -hmm. It's so the daycare's got to do the same thing.
1: Yeah, and the daycare is a business. If if there were rats getting onto the playground, they, they call would... pest control. Yeah, it's just if you call pest control and said there were turkeys living in the trees above our they're playground,
2: they're not going to deal with it, but you got to find somebody to call.
1: Yeah, ooh, that's a that's a situation. Those I'd love to hear her phone calls when she's call when the daycare lady was calling, you know, the city like and all these things. She's calling other places.
2: again. I got another voicemail from the daycare screaming about poo again. <laughs> turkeys. The children are covered in poo. <laughs> They're eating it. They won't eat their crackers anymore. All they want is poo. Uh, I
1: don't, I'm surprised to see wild turkeys kind of nesting in downtown Montreal.
2: I don't think i have ever yeah, seen wild I didn't wild know turkey. that wild turkeys were a thing anymore. I Ooh. would have assumed that that would have been long gone with you know, the wild west or something.
1: Uh yeah, I've seen like Partridge, which is like kind of like a turkey looking thing i've not in the city though i saw them way out in the woods one time when i was with my dad fishing uh but the idea of them coming into a city i don't know where this daycare is in montreal but based on the photos and stuff of these turkeys wandering around they're on like paved
2: sidewalks so it can't be too rural these big big ugly things are walking around well uh, yeah and i mean with stories like this where we see animals Uh, becoming wild or kind of taking over areas, I kind of, as much as it sucks with the daycare and it's frustrating to try and figure out how to deal with this, at the end of the day, an animal is just going to go where an animal wants. Mm -hmm. And if Mm -hmm. an animal can tough it out there and, and avoid being removed from that area and keep coming back, that's just the way it is. So... I don't know how they can deal with this. Uh,
1: How they can humanely deal with it. I have some ideas of how they can deal with it. I recall... No, there's
2: one specific idea that none of us want to see, and that's killing the turkeys.
1: Yeah. uh, I'm going to tell... I may edit this out. I want to tell you one story. (laughs) When I was a kid, (laughs) so... We grew up, of course, we grew up in Sydney. I grew up in Sydney in Cape Breton. Mm. Uh, at the time, Sydney, when I was a kid, there was a large steel plant open, that, but it was on its way to closure. It had all these big buildings in various uh, uh, stage of use. But anyway, they had a big problem with mice and rats in in these buildings. Um, and I think they what they, they tried all these different things to get rid of them. Nothing was really working employees of the steel plant were bringing like pellet guns like bb guns Mm. to work and like taking the law into their own hands and there was so many of them that the individual employees couldn't keep it under control so they ended up offering a group of kids in my neighborhood to go down there with pellet guns and bb guns and just shoot mice and rats all day
2: Oh uh, my god! Yeah,
1: as, as I say it, I'm realizing how crazy this is. But we did it, and we went like oh, we did it. <laughs> We went like a Saturday and a Sunday. I remember like going yeah. at like you know nine in the morning, and we we just hung around. We were probably like eight to ten years old, like kind of that mm-hmm. age. And there was one man who was kind of helping us out, and we all had pellet guns, walking and shooting at them, <laughs> uh, and no one got know. hurt. <laughs>
2: Wow. Anyway, nobody but, got hurt except the, rats did you oh. kill any rats like were you actually have the marksmanship to be able to shoot oh yeah moving rats like oh that? yeah
1: we were close to like you could get like within 15 feet of them and stuff oh, and god. i would say and i'm gonna edit this out i would say we probably killed 150 of them in a two-day period
2: oh my god you must have ptsd from that
1: you know, I think I blocked it out until this story. It's kind
2: of coming back to me. Yeah, you're going to start waking up in sweats with night terrors, like thinking about this. What did I do? What have I done? Who am I? I'm a monster.
1: I know something that'll get my mind off it, though. <clears throat> and that is weird Tim Horton's orders. Oh, I, want to, yeah. I want to go out on this. Uh, an article has been getting shared around. I probably had 45 people let me know about this article. The headline is... Tim Horton's employees are sharing the weirdest requests they get from customers and WTF exclamation point question mark. This is an article in NARCITY, which is kind of like an online blog newspaper sort of thing. And, And really what this article is doing is it's kind of taking some highlights from a Reddit thread where Tim Horton's employees are sharing the oddest orders or the oddest customer habits that they experience i kind of want to go down the list and you tell me what of these are weird and if it's as if it's as strange as it sounds because some of them one in particular i actually do so i don't think it's that
2: weird oh i'm excited to hear which one you do try to guess which
1: one i do uh the first one (laughs) is espresso in a creamy chili Here's how here's, chili?
2: yeah. Here's how it's described. Not a chili, chili. That's like a. It's almost like a milkshake drink.
1: Oh, creamy chill. Okay. Yeah,
2: Sorry. yeah. That's why I got really confused because I read through the list earlier and I was like, cre- espresso and chili. <laughs> okay, that
1: yeah, it makes more sense now. Strawberry creamy chill is Tim Hortons' take on a strawberry milkshake, which is finished with whipped topping and strawberry drizzle adding espresso would give this sweet drink a sharp kick and actually doesn't sound bad, the article says. But I agree. I don't see, like, if you added a little bit of espresso I don't into find that weird at all.
2: Espresso into any beverage is kind of a natural yeah. thing to do. Because an
1: espresso is not like a cup of coffee. It's just a little shot. So it's almost like you just want mm-hmm. the taste of coffee and some, and some kick, some caffeine.
2: Yeah, and their coffee ice cream as well. So this is like a, basically, like they said, Tim Horton's answer to... Not answer, not, not like a challenge, but Tim Hortons version of a strawberry milkshake. You know, you have coffee flavored ice cream. It's it's makes sense to me.
1: I think the only thing that's weird about that order is that they wanted it in a strawberry milkshake. I picture it more so f- being uh, fitting in better with like a chocolate milkshake, chocolate or, or
2: even a vanilla. But yeah, at uh, Tim Hortons, you only you work with what you got.
1: Yeah, good point. As evidenced by their menu. Because Tim yeah. Hortons would have come up with this themselves if this customer did. Tim they just-
2: Hortons, as we go through this list, Tim Hortons' regular menu is just as ridiculous as the weird things that people are, the combinations that people are making out of it. Because these people are just struggling to survive with this menu. Mm-hmm. So when they go there, and, and, you know, a lot of times because there's so many Tim Hortons, you're forced to order something from there because there's nothing else available nothing nothing else around hmm. so you start getting creative by combining different things together because everything by itself sucks hmm. so you have to start combining it in weird unusual ways and come so up with good can, names for that it if you can find the right chemistry to make some of this garbage taste <laughs> half decent
1: okay how about this one burnt food Burn my bagel, one person commented, quoting a customer. Another commenter mentioned an order for a triple toasted bagel, which apparently is essentially the same thing. Triple toasting anything might as well be ordering it as burnt, said one user in a response. So the the idea that people would want their bagels cooked three times, you know, to burn it. Uh, mm. I, I guess some people may like that. I hate when a bagel is burnt. If there's any black on my bagel, I'm like, uh-uh.
2: Yeah, I, I don't mind a little tiny bit like just around the edges, just a tiny, tiny bit. But again, I want a regularly toasted bagel. But I, I know lots of people that love, uh, you know, a little bit of burntness to their toasts or their bagels or whatever it is.
1: Yeah. Salt and pepper is the next. One commenter shared that the strangest thing they had been requested by a customer was for salt and pepper in a watermelon quencher. And the watermelon quencher is like a fruit drink. So while adding spices to the sweet strawberry watermelon real fruit quencher may not sound very good, one commenter responded by saying that adding the seasonings to the lemonade style drink actually makes for a tasty drink. So it's kinda like adding salt or pepper into watermelon flavored lemonade style drink mm,
2: listen the drink is disgusting before you add salt and pepper to it yeah absolutely. i've had the lemonade at tim hortons it's so god awful like it's so intensely sweet i remember we were so thirsty one day we were driving around it was a summer night and we went through Tim Hortons and I was like, lemonade, that's what I'm in the mood for. And I had it and it was, I couldn't even finish the thing. I got a quarter of the way through. It was so mm. awful. I can yeah, I'd imagine. throw anything in that lemonade to make it taste any different than how it normally <laughs> tastes because it's so terrible. It's so bad.
1: Um, next one. I don't do this, but I would do this. Lunch on a cinnamon raisin bagel. Totally. C- crispy chicken craveable on a cinnamon raisin bagel, one person shared. While they don't give any further details from the sounds of it, this would be a crispy chicken breast with barbecue sauce served on a cinnamon raisin bagel, making for a unique order. Uh, I don't see much of an issue with
2: that. I, I don't see why that's even in there. It just seems it's a bagel. Yes, yeah, cinnamon cinnamon and raisin, but yeah, you can put anything on a cinnamon and raisin bagel. Yeah.
1: yeah, absolutely. Or any kind of bagel. A lot of places will serve breakfast sandwiches on a bagel, usually totally. a whole wheat, white, or maybe like a cheddar cheese kind of bagel Mm -hmm. but why not cinnamon raisin i don't see a problem there's no
2: reason why not delicious uh this one
1: turns my stomach but i get that it's a thing a coffee with way too much cream here's how it's described Uh, user epic gains shared several strange requests they received from customers including an extra large coffee with nine cream and three sugar which most people would probably agree is a lot of cream for that drink it might even be more cream than coffee at that point The order is similar to the Wayne Gretzky, the name for Tim Hortons coffee with nine creams and nine sugars that went viral in 2019. Unlike that drink, this order is lower on sugar, but the cream to coffee ratio is still very questionable.
2: Nine cream in a coffee is insanity. This person hates coffee. Yeah. but here's the thing is they're they're probably only used to tim horton's coffee which is gross so so you might as well load it up with cream and sugar so that you can't even taste the coffee anymore but you're still getting the caffeine you'd rather guzzle thick condensed cream than then drink the actual coffee it's important mm-hmm. this is what people are forced to do now
1: that's what they're turning to
2: uh i
1: used to work for a guy who would send me on coffee runs a lot and he ordered uh his his order was a four by four and that's what he called it it was like mm-hmm. four cream four sugar and he'd be like always be like jordan go get me and he wanted an extra large an extra large four by four and i just felt like the biggest scumbag
2: going in and be like
1: can, scumbag. I have, <laughs> can i have an extra large four <laughs> by four for like I'm yeah, an idiot.
2: and and can I sleep with your wife? <laughs> yeah, your
1: daughter and wife <laughs> yeah. separately. Um, yeah. But yeah, I didn't uh, I didn't like that order. <laughs> How about this one? Tell me what you think of this before I uh-huh. say my piece. Butter in coffee. People wanting butter in their coffee said one user in response to the question. It makes me want to puke. Another av- uh, another it not going to add any more just yet or read any more, but what do you think of the idea of butter and coffee?
2: Butter can be, you know, melted butter and, and any kind of a, a warm drink like that can can be nice. It can be comforting. It coats your stomach. Yeah, why not?
1: Okay. This is the one I do. I put butter in my coffee. This
2: is the one. Okay.
1: okay. Yeah. Uh, the article goes on to say the combination apparently isn't all that uncommon. According to Healthline, butter coffee is a DIY version of bulletproof coffee, a high fat coffee drink that's intended to be a breakfast replacement, often consumed by those who follow the keto diet. So I go on and off keto. keto And when you do keto, you want high fat Mm -hmm. as almost like a meal replacement. So bulletproof coffee, I drink a lot when I do keto, which is a coffee with butter, And then a certain type of oil, MCT oil, it's called, added into it. And then you whip it up with like an immersion blender. Mm -hmm. And the butter and and the oil becomes kind of frothy and kind of takes almost like a really fatty version of cream. But uh, I've never asked for it at Tim Hortons, but I could see why people would.
2: Yeah, yeah, especially with the – like you say, it's a a popular – or common item in the keto diet. So Mm -hmm. that diet's been very popular for the past 10 years now, so.
1: yeah, I'm just gonna rattle off in like the rapid fire round, the last couple, and you react to whichever um, raises your blood pressure the most. Okay, great. A tea and coffee combination, which is basically half tea, half coffee. A latte made with cream. I don't know why that would be weird. Cream added to lemonade. Those are the last three. Of those three, which one makes you say, "You're unwell, sir"?
2: Uh, cream to lemonade sounds really gross.
1: I feel like the citrus in the lemonade would make the cream like go bad right away. You know that? Did you ever see like certain things get mixed with milk and the milk mm-hmm. like curdles or whatever yeah, the word yeah, is? Like,
2: instantly curdles or something. I could uh, see
1: that with cream and coffee, but I don't know, or in lemonade. And but... adding
2: tea and coffee together, although probably doesn't taste bad, but I can't understand why.
1: Yeah, one or the other is usually someone's usually preference. Usually, it's a
2: one or the other. Like I've seen people like order at Tim Hortons like half hot chocolate, half coffee. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've seen that kind of done. But but tea and coffee mixed together, those are really two separate apples and oranges situations. Yeah, the consistency might be strange too. But, but I'd be t- willing to try it. But I don't know.
1: Yeah, I've never thought of it. I am going to try that. I'd be curious. Um, I like tea and I like coffee, but I've never once thought I want tea and coffee right now. I've
2: never desired that. I've never desired the two together. Separately, they are both wonderful drinks. Mm-hmm. I've never desired them to come together. I don't know if the chemistry would be there. We'll have to see. Um, anyway, we've gone through it.
1: we talked enough about Tim Hortons, so we fulfilled that part of the mandate. We got through our stories We caught up on listener mail. Aaron, until next time.
2: Jordan, until next time. uh, Just cover me in plastic until the government says no.
1: (laughs) I want to thank you for helping Aaron and I in our Keep Canada Weird discussion here. But let us also call out to even further support in this mission. If something unusual happens in your town, let us know. And the best way to let us know is by sending us a voice memo at nighttimepodcast.com slash contact. We hope to hear from you. Now, before we part here tonight, let us end with some thanks. A big thanks to Aaron for sharing another evening with me and with you, the listeners of Nighttime. A shout out to the internet's favorite cult leader, Unicole, who supplies this series intro and outro voiceovers. And lastly, but most importantly, a massive thank you to everyone who listens to Nighttime, as without your interest and your support, this show would be as pointless as it would be impossible. But with that said, keeping the show alive is, and it has always been, an uphill battle. So if you want to help take a bit of weight off the show's back, please consider listening on the premium feed. And not only does the premium feed make the show possible, it'll give you more of each topic than you'll find here on the free feed as I'm adding exclusive content regularly and maintain a full back catalog of episodes only on the premium feed. So for about the price of a cup of coffee, go premium at patreon.com slash nighttime podcast. And with that said, and on that topic, let me thank the newest subscribers. Larissa, Tyler, and Jerry, thank you for your generous support. anyone else would like to support the show but can't do it with a premium feed subscription you can give me a big hand by simply sharing this episode on social media and letting like-minded friends know what they're missing on keep canada weird if you have any story ideas want to give feedback on the show or would like to contribute a voice mode will be aired in an upcoming episode you can do all that and more at nighttimepodcast.com we hope to hear from you but until then take care of each other The Nighttime Podcast is written, hosted,
5: and produced by Jordan Bonaparte. Copyright, Jordan Bonaparte.